0: blessing it is to call Jesus Lord. Today we're going to be continuing our series that's called Let Us Pray. For if there's one thing we need to do more of, it is pray. You cannot cannot listen or watch much in our culture without realizing we need to be praying. You know, today the question can be asked who are we? Those of us who are in this room, who are we? Some of us are going to say, well, I'm a Christian. If I was to ask you, are you a Christian? Many of you are going to say, yes. If I was to ask, what are you to look like as a Christian? Many of you can give me great answers. But here is part of the issue. For those who are not inside the church, when they look at us, when you ask that question, what are we supposed to look like? You know what they often will actually tell us their expectation is? Perfection. If you are a Christian and you go to church... You should never tell a lie, never be rude, raise your voice, get angry, have an issue. You should never sin. You should be absolutely perfect if you're a Christian. If you do mess up, then you're a hypocrite. And I don't want anything to do with you. That's what the outside world looks at when they're looking inside here. But us in here, we know we're not perfect, don't we? Look at your neighbor and just look at them and say, you ain't perfect. Look at your other neighbor and say, you far from perfect. But you know what? You're all good looking this morning. Y'all look good. May not be perfect, but we look good. The world expects us to live and be perfect. And they are looking for any flaw whatsoever to use on their, their platform and soapbox to say, Well, this thing isn't real because look at you. You said a, you said a naughty word. You are gossiping. You are lying. You've done this. You've done that. Let me tell you, there's only one accuser, and that's the devil, and he was defeated on the cross, ladies and gentlemen. That's the one that was defeated on the cross. So what are we to look like? What are we to be like? Today we're going to come and we're going to dive into another prayer of of Paul's in 1 Thessalonians. That uh, chapter 5, he's ending up this particular letter. He's writing to the... to to those in Thessalonica, and he is going to be saying some things about prayer. We've seen several of them in this particular letter that's addressed many things that help us today. But this one is directed at us, and what are we to look like? Who are we to be? Because there's going to be some of you today who feel like a failure. Some of you today who feel like you've just not measured up, that you know, you've know you tried being a Christian, a good Christian, and it just seems like you keep failing. Your faith isn't big enough. Your actions aren't right enough. It just seems like you just can't do it. i got good news for you today. You don't have to be perfect. None of us here are perfect. But as we come to this, I want us to look at verse 23 in chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians. We're going to read verse 23 and 24. Now may the God of peace... "...Himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is He who calls you, and He also will bring it to pass." Today, I want to bring to you something that you don't hear a lot about specifically because it's a big word that you only probably hear in, in in seminary or if you're in a Bible class somewhere. Where, But I'm going to throw out some words to you. Maybe you want to jot these down because these are, are words in the Christian world that you need to know about. The first word is justification. Justification. Justification is that beginning of that relationship with Jesus Christ. We are justified through Christ. Justice is served on our behalf because of what Jesus did on the cross. You get me? That's the first step. Justification happens when we are saved, born again. We receive Christ. We ask Him to take over our life. However you want to phrase that, that's justification. But the beautiful thing is, is it doesn't end there. You know where it ends? Glorification. Glorification. It begins with justification. It ends with glorification. See, justification is faith alone. There's nothing else but faith that we can do to be justified because Jesus did all the work. We can do nothing except for admit we've messed up and we can't do it. But when it comes to glorification, that is the day we receive a brand new body, where we are separated completely from this world of sin and our bodies are glorified and it is like Jesus Christ Himself in our glorified body. That's glorification. So we have justification. That's the beginning of the relationship, of that salvation experience. Then there's the glorification that happens once we die or we're raptured. That's the glorification. What happens in between? Because that's where you and I are. That's where we are living and sitting and listening and breathing right now. That middle part is called sanctification. That's a big fancy word, sanctification. So when it comes to this sanctification, I want us to think about it kind of like this. When we are justified, we are sanctified positionally. Let me break this down for you. Positionally, we are set apart as children of God. If you are to look at a born-again believer, someone who's been saved, they have been justified, they are a child of God. I'm going to tell you right now, I've said it before from this pulpit, and I'll say it again. Unless you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are not a Christian and you're not a child of God. Don't matter what you look like, where you've come from, you're only a child of God when you are born again and you are saved through Jesus Christ. And when that happens, you become a child of the living God, adopted in through the blood, through the work of Jesus Christ. And because of that, you're justified, but you have a position as a child. So you have a a sanctification, a setting apart. As a matter of fact, the word sanctified in its root word means to set apart apart. There are a lot of things that we can understand about setting apart in our life. How many of you love to use your car for a doghouse? Nobody raised your hand. Why? Because you you set apart your automobile for the purpose it was designed for, right? Anybody love to use your car for a greenhouse? Anybody got tomatoes planted in your car right now? No, nobody's got tomatoes planted in your car because that car was designed for a purpose and it's set apart for transportation. Sanctified means being set apart. Now, here's the beauty of being set apart. There's two aspects to it. When we are justified and sanctified positionally, we are set apart from sin. We are set apart from sin, but we are set apart To God. You need to understand that because to understand where you are positionally will affect the rest of the sanctification process. If you do not understand you've been set apart from sin and to God, you're going to get confused because the devil wants you to think, well, I can't let go of sin. It's just got too much control. So I've not been set apart from sin. I'm set apart to be still attached to sin. And God's just over here somewhere. Be very careful. That is not scripturally and biblical. That is from the gates of hell, and it's a lie of the enemy. When we are born again and justified, we are set apart positionally in that idea that we are a child of God. We are set apart from sin where it no longer should have control over our life, but we are set apart to God to follow after His pursuit and His will in our life. Hopefully you follow me so far because I want us to really dive into this and what this really means. Because this is a key doctrine. Let me tell you something. What we need more of in this country is people who are sanctified through Jesus Christ. Not just saying that they they are born again and they are Christians. We need people who are thinking, acting, talking, and they are doing like Jesus would do not treating and talking and acting like the world does. We need people who are sanctified, set apart from sin in this world, and set apart to God. This is about the practical holiness of our heart, of our mind, of our words, of our actions. It's the holiness of our whole being, as a matter of fact. We're going to get into that in a second. Here's how I would define sanctification. Sanctification is the process where a believer and follower of Jesus Christ becomes like Christ in thought, in word, and in action. The sanctification is a process. It's not just a position. That's the justification side of it. But it is a process in which the believer is becoming to a place where they think, they act, they do, in their words, their actions, is like Jesus. Anybody here look just like Jesus? None of us do. It is a process we're going through to be set apart for that. Now see, justification has to do with faith alone. All I can do is have faith when it comes to knowing Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. But the sanctification process isn't simply about faith. It's about my responsibility and actions. In other words, it's faith and works. If you've ever heard this debate and this idea, is it faith or is it faith and works? It is actually justification is faith, sanctification is faith and works. James talks about without works your faith is dead. This faith is useless. In fact, we're going to see in a second that if you're not being sanctified you're not going to be glorified and you're going to go to hell. I'm just going to tell you like it is, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. If you're not being sanctified, then you better get a check because you probably are not going to heaven. Because it is God's will that we are sanctified. Now, it is my desire that every single person become sanctified and looking like Jesus Christ. But even more so, it is God's desire. For you to be that way. Paul is praying this, now may the God of peace himself, not may the gods, may you work hard, may may, may, may there be peace in you. He says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you. So let's talk about sanctification for a second. I can assure you of this, as A.W. Tozer said, that you can be sure the Holy Spirit never enters a man and lets him live like the world. God will not come and take up dwelling inside of you in that justification for you to continue to live however you want, live in sin, and live like the world. The Holy Spirit will not... Cannot dwell in something like that. If, like I was saying, if there's no sanctification taking place, we have to wonder about the justification. So let's look at sanctification for a moment. Verse 23 Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved completely. First thing is this, I don't want you to miss this. Sanctification isn't just a spiritual process, it is a whole being process. It doesn't just affect your church attendance, it affects your mouth, it affects your eyes, it affects your feet, it affects everything about you, the way you do business, the way you buy things, the way you drive your car. Come on, pastor, don't be, uh, don't be getting so personal this morning. Sanctification has to do with every aspect of your life. You do not compartmentalize Jesus to say He's good on Sunday, but on Monday morning I can't use Him. That is a dangerous place to be because if you've been justified, let me tell you, you cannot get away from being sanctified. You can fight against it. You can try to say, nope. I'm going to compartmentalize Jesus, but if you belong to the Father and you're justified through Christ, you will not be able to get away from being sanctified. It includes your whole being. Everything about you must be must be sanctified. So, Pastor, why, why is that? Well, let me ask you this. What does sin affect? Is it just your spirit? It affects our whole being, does it not? It affects our mind, it affects our thoughts, it affects our actions, it affects our our heart. Uh, Everything about us, sickness, is a result of sin. Sanctification is about the whole being of a person, not just spiritually. And what what I really like here is Paul mentions what I think is something that we neglect as the first... and important part. Now, you who are here today and those watching online, you understand this because you are here today and you're watching online. But notice the first thing he mentions. And may your spirit and soul and body. Paul understands that from the spirit feeds the rest of who you are. There's a lot of people that have missed church because they have missed that feeling, that, that feeding that they get from being in church. They understand that the spirit feeds the rest of who you are in your being. Paul is saying your spirit, your soul, soul meaning your heart, your mind, your personality. That that, that Greek word there for soul uh, plays along with the idea of your personality. We all have different personalities, don't we? Some of our personalities we like more than others. Let's, Let's just be real with each other this morning. Some personalities we're like, man, I just love being around that guy. Some personalities you go... Yeah, i got something to do over here. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to go over here and do something. Let's just be real. But when it comes to sanctification, it has to do with not only your spirit and being justified, but that spirit pouring out into your personality, your thoughts, your heart, your actions, everything. The whole being. See, the goal is to be like Christ for every single believer. That is the goal and will of God. Once you receive Christ and you're justified, you are put into a process. And you can either participate or you can participate by trying to fight against it. I prefer you to do the first. Romans chapter 8 verse 29. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined. In other words, it is the plan. It is absolutely the given. There is a blueprint for you and I. That blueprint is Jesus Christ. And you are to be like him. He says he is also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be firstborn among many brethren. You are put into that process of sanctification once you are born again. Sometimes, though, we don't like it. Because that's the second thing it can be difficult, it can be very difficult. Now, I know you're thinking, well, I'm sure it's easy for some people. Well, let me read to you what Paul writes in the book of Romans in chapter 7. Paul himself, the man who who we're reading Scripture from today, that he wrote these letters, said this, For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do want is what I keep on doing. Anybody here... Witness to that? Testify to that? The things I don't want to do, I keep doing them. I don't want to keep saying that. I don't want to keep acting like that. I don't want to keep getting angry over that. But I keep doing it. Paul goes on. Now, if if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. He understands that if I keep doing what I know I should not be doing, that it's not gonna simply be good enough to say, well, that's just the way I am. To treat people ugly and bad and just simply say, well, that's just my personality, is to not be, be going along with what Paul is saying here. He is a man who has walked the walk, talked the talk, understands the growth that has to take place. So, what Paul is saying, if I keep doing the things that I really don't wanna do, it's, it's that sin. That's dwelling within me. I'm I'm a mess. There's still stuff in me that needs to change. So he goes on. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord! Exclamation point. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Paul understood that he was justified, but he was in the process of being sanctified, and in that process, you're going to have a struggle. The very things he wanted to do, he wound up not doing, and the things that he didn't want to do, he wound up doing. Many of us are in that same boat. A lot of times we wind up saying, doing, thinking things that we know does not please God. And we try to change, do we not? We try to make it right, but it just seems to continue to happen. But sanctification is the manifestation of God working in us and through us. See, we cannot approach being sanctified, taking it all on our shoulders to fix it. Well, I've got a bad mouth. I need to fix it. You need to be responsible and you need to do something about it. But if you approach it, leaving God over here on the side, and you just try to fix it yourself, you know what you're going to do? You can take it to the bank. I guarantee you, you're going to mess up. You're going to fall once again. No amount of man-made effort can produce righteousness that God desires for you to have. He loves you so much, He doesn't want to leave you the way you are. He knows there's something better for you. And it's the blueprint of Jesus Christ in your life. But we're not sanctified by osmosis. We are sanctified through a combined work with God and us to find ourselves better today than we were yesterday. If... We were to take a test right now. And God stood before you in this room and said, I want you to write down how different you are today. How much holier you are today than you were last week or last month. I'll give you two minutes to just write down what has changed in your life in the last two months. That you are now holier than you were could you put anything down? If you've put nothing down, let me tell you what's happened. You become stagnated. You have become to a place where you become comfortable. And that's a dangerous place to be. To be comfortable in your sanctification. Because there's one thing for certain it takes a lifetime. It takes a lifetime. Uh, verse 23 and 24 again. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, completely. And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That means that it's going to take an entire lifetime. The Philippians 1.6, Paul writes, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. One translation says to perfection to the day of Jesus Christ. Which means either the day you die or the rapture comes, you're going to be involved in sanctification being sanctified. It is a day-by-day process. Sometimes it's a moment-by-moment process. So let's really look at God's will because it is definitely God's will according to Romans and according to other scriptures we look at that we be sanctified and become like Jesus. So if you go back just one chapter to chapter 4, I want us to look here in verse 3. For this is the will of God. If you want to know what the will of God is for your life, if you're wondering, here is one that's so clearly spelled out in Scripture, you don't have to ask any questions. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. In other words, that work of you becoming holy and blameless. That is, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. Not in lustful passions like the Gentiles who do not know God, and that no man transgress and defraud his brother in the matter, because the Lord is the avenger in all these things, just as we also told you before the solemnly warned you. See, Captain America was not the first avenger. That'll sink into some of you in a moment. Verse 7 For God has not called us for the purpose of impurity but in sanctification. So he who rejects this is not rejecting man, but the God who gives His Holy Spirit to you. Understand, this message today is not my message. It's God's message. You can reject this idea of sanctification and continuing to be like Jesus. But if you do, according to God's Word, you're not rejecting me. You're rejecting Him. That's the message that's clear In the Word. So God's will is, God's purpose for every believer is to be sanctified. Every believer to be sanctified. Which means that the absence of sanctification is an absence of justification and there will be no glorification. In other words, you're lost. You will not be entering into heaven. So the real questions begin to arise in our minds. The one who just consistently, without regard, without any consideration, falls right back into sin over and over and over and keep doing the same things you've always done, because that's just who you are. The question has to be, are you really a child of God? Jesus refers to us as sheep. So I love this quote. It just, this is so good. Chad, you're definitely gonna want to write this down. This is one of these good ones. There is a great difference between a sheep that, that by weakness just falls into the mire and a swine which delights in wallowing in it. In other words, there's a difference between a sheep who's just weak that falls in the mud and a pig that just loves to get in there and just roll around in the mud. That's the difference between someone who is born again and someone who is not. So begin to wonder and ask yourself, there may be some people in your life that you you have said, hey, you know they're born again, but man, they're living a horrible, terrible lifestyle. They seem to not care about sin. There's no change in their life. Then the question has to become, were they ever justified? If you assume they're justified and you stop praying for their salvation... That could be the very prayer that they need more than anything. What about you? Are you living a life where there's some sanctification taking place? Or are you just glad that you've got your ticket punched and you're going to heaven? I would venture to say if you're in church today or watching online or listening to this later on, you have probably have been justified because you have a desire to be sanctified and grow. But maybe, maybe that's not the reason why you're here God makes it very clear throughout Scripture that He desires holiness and purity of us. It is not a magic moment or a magic pill when we are justified in Christ that we become holy. If that was the case, I'd have the most perfect marriage in the world because I would be the most perfect husband that's ever lived. But that is not the case whatsoever. You know what I do quite often? I open my mouth, and I will say something or I won't say something that will cause a problem because I'm dealing with other things in my mind and in my heart that still need some work done through Jesus Christ. You know, right here in on my hand, by the way, I'm going to give a plug for terrifying jewelry. <laughs> Look how shiny that ring is right there. Woo, it's just a sparkling. My ring, when I got married in 1998... Jane put this ring on my finger, and we declared, till death do us part. This ring was put on my hand because it signifies something very important. I am set apart from all the other women in this world, and I'm set apart to Jane and Jane alone. That's what this signifies. And it's all shiny and beautiful right here. And what had happened was my, my knuckles have, have just kind of swollen. I've got... I think it's some kind of arthritis, and they've gotten to me. I couldn't get the thing off. And a good friend of mine told me, you need to get that thing off, and we need to resize it. And I said, yes, sir, buddy. <laughs> and so I worked real hard to get it off. And one day, going down the road, riding with him, I, w- I was over there, and I was uh, pulling it, and I was uh, jerking and I was uh, moving my fingers, and I was doing all kinds of stuff, and finally, boop, it popped off. And he said, don't put it back on. Bring it to the store. Let's resize it. And I said something to him. I said, well, I've been thinking about maybe because my knuckles, they're going to continue to get bigger. Maybe get one of those little rubber things and stick on my finger. And, you know, just still signify I'm married. Everybody can see that. And I'm set apart. He said, why would you want to use something rubber for the most important relationship on this side of heaven? <gasps> oh, ow. Yes, sir, buddy. I'll bring it to the store. This ring signifies a setting apart. For me, it is an important investment, not in the gold, but in the relationship. Jesus Christ died on the cross to set you apart from the world, to set you apart from sin, and yet we treat it like it's just a cheap piece of gold and metal. So I declare to you today, God's will is for you to be sanctified and for your brothers and sisters and those around us to be sanctified. Because if we were to be sanctified, I can guarantee you that God would be glorified. There would be revival in this land and people would be healed and have hope instead of fighting and bickering and always having problems. We need sanctification in the church. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for His good pleasure. His good pleasure is for you to be sanctified. Somebody say, I am being sanctified. sanctified. Somebody say it like you really like it. Say, "I I am being sanctified. Doesn't mean you're perfect. Doesn't mean that you have no problems and no flaws. It just means that you're being set apart, that you're being worked on, you're being purified like gold. You are not the same man you used to be. You're not the same woman you used to be. Because back before you knew Jesus, you were really a mess. But now that you know Jesus, He's done some work in you to change you and to make you something new. Oswald Chambers said, Sanctification is not my idea of what I want God to do for me. It's God's idea of what He wants to do for me. Did you hear what he said? Sanctification isn't about what I want God to do for me. It's about what God wants to do for me. It's not about how I want to be better or feel better or be fixed up. It's about what God sees it needs to be fixed up and worked on. I told someone just yesterday at the jewelry store, I believe it is marriage, God designed marriage to make us holy so that we can be happy. When I married my wife, she's not in here, but I was so intimidated by that woman. <laughs> Whoo! I'm talking, she was having quiet times every day. She knew the Bible front and back, and I'm sitting here going... Uh, Oh, oh, and you want me to lead prayer? Really? I was intimidated by her. But what I found was there was, a, there was an insecurity in me. There was a lack of commitment in me. There was a, a lack of desire to be in the Word like she had in her life. I want you to know she still intimidates me. Just Y'all can tell her that, okay? <laughs> but it's in a good way. She makes me better. Rather than holding resentment and feeling, gosh, man. I'll tell you, men, there's been many times that as a father and as a husband, I've walked away and went, oh, God, hate that still inside of me? i got to get rid of that. That needs to get fixed. God, help me with that. Because sometimes that that needs to be sanctified will jump up and surprise you in a moment of emotion. And those are the moments we have to give to God. So when it comes to sanctification, it's God's will. It is that process that once you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you begin to go through and to grow, to be made holy and perfect. So what must you do? You need to pray for yourself and for others to be sanctified. When's the last time you prayed for somebody and said, Lord, continue to work to make them holy. I know there's some of you thinking right now, i got a few people in my life I need to pray that for. That guy at work, man, I need to just start praying, God, you need to get a hold of that guy and you need to make him holy. Who, you better fix his mouth or I will. <laughs> there may be a revelation in that moment that you may need to say, Lord, make him holy and you better make me holy too. We need to be praying for each other to be sanctified. Don't just assume it's osmosis and automatic. Let's pray for one another to be sanctified through the work of God, through the work of the Holy Spirit, and may we participate in what He wants us to go through. Sanctification can be difficult. Sometimes we have to go through difficult things to get rid of that ugly stuff in our life. We need to walk by faith and not by sight we're going to be sanctified we have to walk by faith and not just what we see and not just what we know but trust God to do something great if you truly belong to God you will see more and more of your heavenly father in your thoughts in your actions in your words in 2021 than you ever have in your entire life if you belong to the Lord Maybe today you've come to a place where you just kind of have just forgotten. You've walked away. You're not even sure anymore. Charles Spurgeon said that "The the more holy a man becomes, the more he mourns over the unholiness which remains within him. If you don't mourn over the unholiness that still resides within you, then the question becomes... Have you been justified? If you've been justified, where are you with your relationship with Christ? Here's your seven-day challenge. It's not an easy one. Ask God to show. Ask God to point out. Ask God, ask God to bring it up and make you aware of what needs to be sanctified within yourself this week. Now, Only if you're bold enough and you've got enough courage do you pray that prayer. Because it says in chapter 5, verse 24, Faithful is He who calls you and He also will bring it to pass. If you pray for holiness for yourself, God's going to do a work. Be ready for it. Have courage to accept it. And pray for it for other people in your life as well. Pray for God to sanctify those around you, those in your home, your friends, your family. Pray for God to sanctify the people in this church so that He can do a work that will change the world. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank You for this word this morning that it is clear that You are not distant and far off, but You are near working. You are near doing something inside of us to make us more like your son Jesus Christ. You're not satisfied with who we were. You're concerned about who we can become. You know that as we look more like Jesus. We will find more happiness. We will find more fulfillment in life. Lord, there's a lot of stuff going on in our culture right now. And in our our lives, and in our families, and in our communities, but God, we know for certain that what this world needs is more people looking like Jesus, thinking like Jesus. So sanctify us, Lord. Sanctify me. Reveal this week's where I need to be worked on. God, you declare in your Word that I am a masterpiece in Ephesians. Every believer is a masterpiece. And God, you are the master, and you're trying to take this piece that is a mess and make it look like Jesus. God, help me have the courage to participate and the courage to make the choices and do what's necessary. Lord, right now, for someone who is not being sanctified, Father, they need to be justified first. Because they'll never be glorified in heaven if they are not justified first. And that takes a surrender of their life to Jesus. So right now, Lord, we just pray that you will deal with the hearts and convict the hearts and the minds of many. That, Lord, they may surrender their life to you if they've never been justified, if they've never been saved, born again, surrendering their life to you Um, Beginning a relationship with you, however it's phrased in their mind and their heart, if they've never done that, that right now is the time that that begins so that that sanctification process can take place. Lord, help us all turn our life over to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.